When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pochettino doesn't care about your fantasy team. If that's 58 minutes, that's 58 minutes. The Fantasy Football Show. Hello everybody, my name's James. Welcome to the first of three clash of the correspondence we got for you during the last interlull of 2023. And it's a big one at the top of the table. Yes, it really is. Let me introduce you to our Newcastle United correspondent, Simon Bibby. How are you, Simon? Very good. It's nice to see you in person last week, James. Enjoyed that. It was nice of you to come, mate. We had a really, really good evening, mate. Yeah, and at the time, Tottenham didn't have any injuries and the world was amazing. And now you've got loads of injuries as well. And talking of which, Chelsea are getting their players back fit. Let me introduce you to our Chelsea correspondent, Gary Mansell. Where are you, Gary? All good. Yeah, I didn't expect to be coming here as the form team with the fewest injuries, but here we are. <laughs> it's um, it's uh, quite amazing how football can turn around in 10 days, isn't it, Gary? Mm, absolutely, yeah. So let's let's start with you because obviously you are the home team. Disappointing result at the weekend, following on from a, a disappointing couple of results against Dortmund as well. Is this as simple as squad is now thin, too many injuries? Yeah, I think it was one game too many. Like the international break, I think that come on either just before the international break or afterwards, like a couple of times this year, and it always seems to be a reoccurring theme. But I think this one we really did like limp into the international break. It was. Just one game too many. I don't think. The, I think the players put the effort in and tried for a, for a couple of reasons. I'm sure we'll get into it. Just just didn't click. And yeah, I think it's come at a really good time for us again. Like it does every time. It's quite good for us at the moment. It's at a good time because it gives you period for recovery and because there's been a couple of results. That yeah, been disappointing. And think, uh, yeah, and I think mentally as well. Like hopefully we get a striker back on the pitch for the for the Chelsea game. Uh, I think mentally we just kind of needed a bit of a break, a bit of a reset. I think Eddie has talked about kind of attacking the season in these kind of blocks between international breaks. And you know, I think the same will be again when, you know, probably despite the injuries, like not a bad time for us to be facing one of the kind of informed sort of teams at the moment when we when we get back. Gary, can you believe that informed team? Um I still, I don't even know if I'd actually go that far, to be honest. It's it um, a little bit mad. I had to remind myself that you lost to Brentford two weeks ago. That's right. It feels yeah. like a really long time ago now. It does, absolutely. Um, and we've seen this before already this season, where you think, oh yeah, you can see where they're going to progress and then two steps back again. So, But we'll surely off the go. back of beating my <clears> team and congratulations on the victory that night and then the performance against City, that was back-to-back You've scored eight goals against two of the better teams in the league, right? The confidence must be really high, considering a lot of the concerns have been, well, are Chelsea going to score enough goals? I think that's what a lot of us have thought. That's right. Um, so I suppose going into, well, mind you, going into a game like Newcastle, they're usually pretty good defensively at home. And we're not great against teams that are specifically organised defensively still. Um 
but then hopefully, yeah, obviously the confidence is up and it looks like a few players are starting to find their rhythm. So hopefully we progress from here, but I've said that before. You, you still got doubts then? Because I think most of us, most most people listening and watching this will have watched both your last two games have gone, oh shit, I've been wrong. They're getting players fit. It's coming together now. Yeah, I do still have some doubts. I was happier with yesterday than, than the Tottenham game from an attacking point of view. To be honest, you can kind of write off the, from an analysis point of view, the Spurs game, particularly with the nine, it's like there's not much you can learn from that. Um, <clears throat> with regards to yesterday, we definitely have started looking a lot better going forward. But we still need teams to be willing to come out against us to leave the gaps so that we can get in behind them. And so point it, so point being, you've played. You what you're saying is you just played two teams who wanted to come and attack you. I mean, my team decided yeah. they wanted to do it with two men short as well, just just for jokes, right? You're saying against the side that's organised like Newcastle, you think that's going to be more. I, no one's expecting you to get four at St James's Park, but you're quite fearful still. Then, yeah, St James's Park is one of the hardest places to go in the league at the moment. So, I'm not going to be coming in here now, going, "Well, that's it. We're going to score four there, then we're going to score four at Man United, and all of this." No, I still need to see it a bit more, but I'm obviously happy with what I've seen. And equally, side like it all feels like a long time ago since you beat Arsenal in your last home game as well. It feels like a lot has happened since then with the injuries to Dortmund and the, the Bournemouth games. Gary's right, isn't it, right? It's getting points at St. James's Park, whatever state you're in, even if you've got no one back, it's still going to be a tough ask, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say at home we're, we're a match for, for anyone. I, I don't think the, the crowd will let us put in that kind of performance that we did against Bournemouth at home. And I think that's probably what you'll see from us during this stretch of, I think we've got... 10 games in 30 days, which is not that too dissimilar to what we've we've had previously at the start of the season, this European run. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, at home, I'd I'd still back us. I think the turning point for, for me, having looked at the fact that we played three away games after Europe three times and they've progressively got worse in terms of results and performances and injuries have got, also the injury list has got even worse. I think that's kind of where we'll struggle away from home. I think at home we'll still match teams and I still expect us to to pick up you know, a significant amount of points. Last away player to score at St. James's Park. Trivia question for you both. For the benefit of those on the audio, Cy and no, Gary are both looking to the clouds. <laughs> Indoors, by the way. Last player to score. Right. I, will, I guess I, I got think, well, I got to think about the game first. It, we've had so we've actually done well it'll be Nunes, wouldn't it? Correct answer is Darwin yeah. Nunes, yeah. Game week oh, three. Thanks for that. You so, know I've got a bet on my dad every time I play Liverpool as well. I was I'm still pissed off about that result. Results since look, twelve points, four wins, Brentford one nil, Burnley two nil, Palace four nil, Arsenal one nil speaks for itself, doesn't it, in terms of what Gary said, the, the difficulty of trying to break you down at, at St. James's Park. You had players missing against Arsenal, right? It's worth saying you mentioned the need to get a forward back. I mean, you finished the last half hour, essentially, with Gordon there against Arsenal, didn't you? And he's obviously ended up with the controversial winning goal. Yeah. There was a question there. 
No, no. <laughs> um, I not think, at all. Uh, he's, he's probably more just assessing that suddenly, from two weeks ago, you beating Arsenal, Chelsea off the back of beating Brentford at that point there, thinking this is a mad difficult for che- game for Chelsea and we don't know what the state of your players and how many is going to be back by the time the game comes around in you know nearly two weeks, basically. Now it doesn't feel like there's a few people thinking, oh, I think Chelsea might go to Newcastle and win. What you got to remember about the Bournemouth game as well is we didn't have Bruno and we don't win without Bruno. So then that's actually, if we get into the transfer I made last week, which is a bit of a rip, which is a pretty common one, I think, defensively. It kind of, I just, I thought we might buck the trend there, but clearly not. And I think it's just too integral to us. And, you know, as long as he does all right in the international break and comes back in one piece, I think that's that's almost more important than some of the injured players that, that are on the periphery that might come back is having him back, particularly against Chelsea's midfield as well. I think we need we need our recognised three. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's our first defeat since September. Like, we're not, even at full strength, that's, that's a pretty decent run, particularly with the intensity and the amount of, like, big games we've had to play as well. I think I think we were just due one. So, you know, from, from my perspective, put it down as a schedule loss and the fact that we just had a couple couple too many players missing. We didn't have time to really work on whatever that system was that Al was trying to play against Bournemouth with Joe Linton up top and then Gordon kind of starting there and then going to the left. And it all just just didn't work. Um, I think it was just a knock night and Bournemouth finally you know, deserved to win it. But I think reset button, come back, go again for two big home games in a row. And I think that's how, how we'll look at it is two big home games and obviously we've got the PSG one in between. What is it about Guerrero's that makes him so important? I think you mentioned it on a pod that I was listening to earlier this week, you know, just about number sixes in the, the league. I think he progresses the ball very well. He's um, press resistant as well. And we don't really have that in our midfield, apart from when you put Joel Linton back in there. Just But that's more of a physical thing that you can hold the ball up and pop it off. Whereas Bruno almost invites it. It just kind of gets us up the pitch, and he 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 will start if it's not Trippier, it's him that's starting the majority of attacks or share pinging one through. So, just all round, like all round midfield player, just incredibly important to not just the way we play, but tempo, spirit, and and everything. So when when he misses, you know, we're, we're basically you know you look at the players that were missing last weekend. It was him, Isaac. And then, you know, Barnes, Tonali for different reasons. Basically, all the players we signed. So we pretty much played what was our old relegation team, apart from Gordon. Really. Well, it, well, it that, did. It, was, it, it, it had the feel of kind of like that. a mid-table yeah. Newcastle. I don't even mean that disrespectfully, to be honest. We all know the, no, the injury yeah, problems no, you've got at the moment. Even the way we struggled to kind of create chances um, and kind of gave up slightly unlucky goals. It was yeah, eerily kind of like the, the team of maybe two years ago. Gary, how do you deal with Gimmeres? Conor Gallagher. Same way we dealt with Rodri. And and I would argue Basuma at the at the start of the game. It didn't work quite so well at the start and then obviously whammed in the game, then it all changed. Yeah. But I use a reference on Monday saying I think he's the main reason why you're having good results in these big games at the moment. what's your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. Um I I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying that yesterday's the first time. Man City haven't won a game that Rodri's played in this season. <clears throat> and that is very much the position that Conor Gallagher is playing for us. That's probably right. I know that the stat of Rodri is, I don't think he's lost a game since I think they came to our place in February, I think. And I don't even think they've drawn. 
this season when he's played apart from the community shield no i'm just trying to think and i, I think that's that's probably right so what is it about him for people who don't often watch you, because it's not like a fantasy-related question. What is it that Gallagher yeah. does that's so integral then in these big games? Um, the main the main thing is um, his pressing, particularly in these big games. Um, he is absolutely tireless. He's absolutely selfless as well. And he doesn't stop. He is also used in the same way by Gareth Southgate. If we're... Um, if we if we've got a result that Southgate is happy with, <clears throat> he'll bring Conor Gallagher on to try to shore up the result to, in order to press from the front to press on the defensive midfielder to make sure that teams can't build against England. And with what we've got around him at Chelsea, it works really well because um, Casado and Enzo it frees them up to help going forward, which I didn't think Casado had in his game, but he actually does his forward passing and occasionally his forward runs. But all of this is possible because Conor Gallagher is making it possible because the man from the opposition that should be stopping that is being stopped himself by Conor Gallagher. Is he perfect for the big games? Arguably maybe unsuitable against low blocks? Uh, it's probably proved that way so far this season, yeah. Uh, and all I mean by that, it's not criticism of Gallagher. To play, but we don't we don't think of him as like a creative ten. But I think as a defensive ten, he's, he's got to be one of the, the best around. But then if you if you're, he hasn't got anyone to go in to press into, and you're just trying to create against opposition, that really then puts the pressure on the wide players and, and the fullbacks, presumably. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I think it's something that Pochettino was reluctant to change earlier on in the season, and we've seen him start changing it a bit more recently. Um, I was getting a little bit sort of disgruntled, let's say, with Pochettino because he seemed quite rigid to his system. And it's like, well, it doesn't seem to be working. And then almost by luck, we've had to start bringing in other players due to our previous injury problems. But now we're almost built around Conor Gallagher doing that job, particularly in these bigger games. The next step is to find something to do in these smaller games. Okay. How do you feel about the manager now? Um, he looked like he wanted to chin Anthony Taylor at the end of the game. Well, it's proper Chelsea now, then, isn't he? <laughs> he's been he get sent off. He, wanted... is he, is he, he in stands for? No, he got booked. Oh, um, I think he wanted us. I think he wanted Taylor to play on so that we could go on the attack. Which actually, we were better off with him blowing up for full time because when we start attacking, we'll get counter attacks. Bearing in mind, we played against nine men at Tottenham and nearly threw that away by getting counter-attacked. If it wasn't for Robert Sanchez's save off Son, then that could have quite easily gone to too, because this is the kind of thing that we do. So, so still still defensive vulnerabilities, therefore, based on what you're saying? I've said all season, if you attack us with pace, then you've always got a chance of scoring. And you look, at, particularly at home, a lot of the goals we've conceded, like to Villa, like to Nottingham Forest. If you want to count the Brentford open goal one, you can. But they've been us getting counter-attacked by... We push and we push and we push and then we get suckered, exactly like we did nearly at Tottenham. The more I, the more I talk about and think about the game on Saturday week, the, the more I feel like this is now suitable to say to your team. That Just d- describing the way Chelsea's vulnerability against teams who defend well like yours and set up to to hurt them, it almost the more I think about it, it almost feels ready-made for you. 
Yeah, potentially. We've got we've got the players. That, well, if you look at the ones that are fit at the moment, like Gordon falls into that category. I think Livramento does, depending on where he's going to play. And I think he definitely will play. I think Hall can't play because he's on loan. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, it's whether the Almiron, whether he's fit or not, Joe Willock, I think is uh, good viable like, pick for that for that sort of game. I think it will be that sort of game. Like I, I think we'll defend quite manfully and, and almost try and hit you on the counter and not give you the space as well. But I'll just say on, on Conor Gallagher, I, I thought, you know, he, he was, he must've been like fairly close to being a Newcastle player. I think last summer, like he's definitely an Eddie Howe player. We must've put a, maybe put a, uh, not a, if not a bid, just asked how much and maybe thought Tonali was, was worth more uh, money. So The rumour was there in January, definitely. Conor Gallagher has always said, without question, he wants to stay at, at Chelsea. He was he was born in he was actually born in the same place as me in Epsom. He's like he's grown up near Chelsea. He's been Chelsea his whole life. He does not want to leave. Um, he's always been adamant that he wants to prove himself and get into our team, and that's exactly what he's done. Um, James mentioned it on a pod. He's exactly right. I don't know if I've said it anywhere, but if we did decide to sell him for our stupid financial fair play, then the fans will turn against the ownership without question. Yeah, it would almost be like the worst one now, wouldn't it, Gary? It would definitely be the worst one. You could almost like we'd be upset if we sold Reese James, but we'd be furious if they sold Conor Gallagher. And yet the club was entertaining it, weren't they? That's oh, how yeah. it, that's how it feels on the outside anyway. It felt like if the money came in and it was big enough, Chelsea were prepared to sell right at the end of the window. I know, because he's he's one of those like unsexy players. He's probably not that good on FIFA and football manager and all of that. And they look at him and go, Oh, he's not that marketable we can get a decent amount of money for him and we can get someone in who's like incredible just like you need players like Conor Gallagher in your team I've always said that and he's he's more than proving his worth so Si if you haven't got any of these injured bodies back team against Chelsea what would you prefer uh, obviously Hall won't play so I think we can safely assume that as you said Livermore will definitely play and, and obviously Trips will play. Which way round would you prefer them? Is it Trips at left back? Have you have you got a preference? Uh, yeah, my preference would be Trips at left back just because I brought Livermento in for my FPL team. But no, I don't think you can... I think you lose something if you put Trips at left back. You, you gain something as well from it just in terms of having him on that side and with... I think he's too potentially too small to go next to Shaw as well. No, I I just think you've got to keep Trips at right back. He's our best player fit, so why move him from his best position? Um, I think potentially depending on how Chelsea line up as well, you could you know they they can they can switch in in the game as well. I've got no qualms about Livermore playing on the left or the right. So. But I would start him on the right in his natural position. But then again, you're kind of you've got Longstaff in in that triangle with Miggy. So again, depends if Miggy's fit. If Miggy's not fit, well, it's probably Gordon going up there and then Willock on the left. So I think I think it's you know the result's going to come down to like have we managed to get one of our strikers back? Um, it doesn't sound like the Callum Wilson thing's that serious. But then I think Isaac was always talked about as coming back, and I think just he just needs another maybe week or so. But his injury groin it's one that can kind of come or go you know at any point and it's you know it's going to be difficult I think to get through this run of pictures and keep them both fit it's recurring with this like this isn't it yeah I think fatigue is it doesn't help with that sort of injury as well and the amount of games that are coming out 
bits um, is builder togs. It's quite quite gangly and and skinny almost compared to to most footballers of kind of his size, if you will. Well, you think it's to do, uh, I don't know. Um, You'd almost think uh, it'd be the opposite. I know, like that. Guardiola spit about Morris, didn't he? So he doesn't really get injuries because he hasn't got any like muscle mass as, as such in comparison to most players. You'd almost think it's that be more like that. But it does seem recurring theme that he's picking up injuries. Yeah, I think they're probably interlinked. To be honest, like once you get one leg injury, and it's quite common for you to then pick up other ones. So I think he just, you know. It's just something that we're maybe going to have to live with with him. He he, he might not be able to. He, he physically looks like he can withstand it. He always looks kind of knackered around eighty eighty five minutes. He's always blowing. He's not. I wouldn't say he's physically one of the fittest players. Like technically, obviously, he's like super. He works hard, by the way. Though else. he works hard, yeah. So I don't know. I think with uh, we just need a third striker. We've we've kind of needed one for a while, and I think that's just like quite evident now that. That's that's becoming more that's important. It's quite Callum... tough, though, isn't it? In the sense that I don't know if, if if someone else came in and you keep Isak and Wilson fit, you, you don't need it, right? I I think we're at the point with Wilson where we just need to accept that his body is not going to be able to play more than 120 minutes, like in a week, so two games in a week. And at some, I think he's a fantastic like off the bench. Super sub. You remember the old like Ronnie Rosenthal days? I can assure you that Callum Wilson is better than Ronnie Rosenthal, mate. Yeah, but you know the kind of the idea of a super sub is not something that people really talk about that much anymore. But I think he's you know he's shown that for England that he's perfect for that role. And unfortunately for him and his you know he's got like his hamstrings are just made of cheese. He can't can't last more than eighty minutes in the game. And you've seen it like even before his injury, he was getting managed by how he was coming off. At very like particular points in games, playing halves, playing sixty, um, which opens up an opportunity for Gordon. But I think when you saw at Bournemouth, then that's more of a kind of you need the right opposition and game state. I think for Gordon's players, uh, number nine and starting the game there against Bournemouth was was not, particularly Bruno not on the team was not it. So no, I think I think Wilson going forward should be uh, you know plays twenty minutes every game, get a third striker, and if we're going to try and actually do something and compete on. At least two or three fronts a season, we kind of we need that extra that extra striker up there, and it could be a young person. It doesn't have to be necessarily like an established one. But I think, yeah, that'll be something we'll target this summer, sure. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I take it, Gary, if neither Wilson or Isak are available, and it sounds at this moment, like, would it be fair to say Isak is more likely at this stage, so? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, would that give you greater confidence, Gary, or, or is someone like Gordon playing there, is, is that unsuitable for you? or? Yeah, he's pretty fast, Mr. Gordon. That's unsuitable for us. Fast strikers is not what we want, especially if Newcastle let us have the ball for a bit and then they hit us on the break. That's probably not good news, not that Isak or Wilson are, are slow. It's not as if it's better. I'm just saying it, it doesn't improve things for us if it's Anthony Gordon. Okay. Why is that such an issue, speed then? Is that down to Silva? Yeah, probably. 
Um, and also, we have a bit of naivety still about the team. Um, I think even in the games that we've done well in, you can see like we should have beaten Arsenal. We know that. Um, even against Spurs, we nearly threw it away. Yesterday, we went behind a few... I mean, it's Man City, so that's fair enough. Um, if you remember when we played Bournemouth and we got the draw and they were upset that Colwell had attacked too much, which sounded ridiculous. I think what they were actually trying to say was that he was attacking at the wrong times. Not, you're doing it too much, you're doing Leaving it... Leaving silver like, exposed. That's right. So there's certain times they're like, right, now's the time that you can go... And there's other times it's like, no. And obviously, Colwell's not a left-back, so he doesn't know. But we're liable to do that kind of thing. We'll get caught one man further up the field than we should, and then someone as good as Newcastle is going to exploit the gap. Does that mean you're better off with Cucurella playing, then, if, if Colwell's yeah, back fit? We are better off with Cucurella. Um, even against uh, uh, Tottenham, when Colwell got... He went down in the first half. I don't know if it was that kick from Romero, which was nothing, but he went it was down. Very at some violent, point. wasn't it? Oh god! <laughs> Let's <laughs> not I mean? get back like, onto that, mate. Yeah, yeah, I know that one. It's like I've seen it back. It's like, what are you talking about? Get on with it. But it's a red. It's it, a red. In fairness, Gary, he right, has to go but, down to get attention. He has to go down. Of course he does, but it's not the worst, is it? I mean, anyway, we don't need to talk about that. Um, if he'd gone off, then that arguably would have been better for us. Because I think it might have still been when we were getting back into the game, but I think Gorilla's just a better left back than Levi Colwell. Would you want Colwell in the team at centre back? Or do you prefer it as what we've seen at the weekend with Disasai and Silva? I actually think of the four, so not including Fafana, I personally think Disasai is probably the, the fourth best, so to speak. But he's the one that plays on the right. Colwell's left-footed and Baddish Shield is left-footed and Thiago Silva seems to prefer to play on the left. So Silva could certainly play right, though, couldn't he? Yeah. Is that part also, obviously now Rhys James is back, probably the same thing. You don't want to restrict Rhys James and that might expose him to that yeah. side. Yeah, I get, I right. get it. Um, so, I think it's just, some of them are just going to have to be patient and sometimes Pochettino's going to have to make big calls and in December, once the fixtures really kick in, they're probably all going to get games anyway because our schedule gets pretty tight early around Christmas. To go back to the question I asked Sai, Gary, would you have a preference on where Trippier played? Is that like an automatic oh, I'd, I'd want him play left back? Yeah. But, but also, I, I, also, I'm thinking from that perspective, If would it be fair to assume that probably at St. James's Sterling left, Palmer right? That's what we from, play most From games. that perspective, Livermento might deal with Sterling better than Trippier. Would, would that do. be a, a fair shout? Yeah, he would do. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, a one-on-one defender. But one of the ways is that you, if Trippier obviously wants to get up the field, so you, you'll hopefully have that space to exploit. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I get that. That's fair. Um, a lot of people, Gary, are saying uh, game week 16 will be there. You know what mm. that's in relation to, don't you? That's that's Sheffield United, is it? Uh, that's the start. It's Everton away. It's the start. Oh, that's of this, the Everton one, is it? It's brilliant yeah. five-game run. Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Wolves away, Palace at home, Luton away. Um, and actually, I should throw in Fulham at home 
as well. Then there's a trip to Liverpool. Wolves at home, Palace away. Then then you go to the Etihad. It's a great, great run of fixtures. That's six fixtures from game week 16, particularly. Obviously, look really nice. But uh, a lot of the game week 16 will be there that was going on FPL Twitter whilst you were at the ground on Sunday was in relation to Reese James. Mm -hmm. He's being bought already, Gary. Is this something you've got in mind? Not at the moment. He's he's only lasting an hour every game. So he's clearly not fully fit. I mean, this might be him fully fit for all we know. This might be the fittest that Reese James gets. But he's getting taken off. And so I would assume, come that run, he's going to miss games. Well, it's worth saying that the, there's a free game run. There's Wolves Christmas Eve, Palace at home on the Wednesday night, and then Luton away on a Saturday lunchtime. All of your players, probably bar the goalkeeper, are at risk of not starting over somewhere over that free game period, aren't they? Yes. They're all certainly at risk. Um, I mean, the next most likely is someone like Moises Caicedo, but even then we can play Uga Chakwe. Yeah, the way they've given us those fixtures is we are the last team to play in the first of those game weeks and then the first team to play in the last of the game weeks. So, yeah, thank you for that. Six days and we've got three games. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp sends his love, mate. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, it, exactly. It, it, it happens. It happens. It happens. No, um, yeah. So he's not in. He's not in mind for you at the moment, Reece. Well, the good thing is, by the time we get to that run, you've had time to see if he gets injured again. If he starts playing longer per game, this is this... Sure, surely they they just don't want him to have a setback and are building it up. And they're probably predetermined, don't they? Right, sixty minutes versus Man City. Maybe it'd be 75 minutes against Newcastle. He's obviously, he was offered to go up with the England squad and I, I know he's turned down the opportunity, which I think is right, to be honest. Absolutely nice to get right. his fitness yeah. up. Like, you agree with that? Most of us would love to see him play for England, no doubt, but I think that's the right decision at the moment. Give him a chance of going next summer. The other thing, though, Gary, is looking at this run, and this is something I mentioned on Monday's pod, does the good run start earlier than game week 16? Does it start Depends. after? Does it start after Newcastle? Um, With Brighton at home and Man United away. Depends which end of the pitch you're looking at, because I don't think Brighton at home is going to be particularly good for us defensively, but it could be good for our attackers. But people only want to reach James for the offensive stuff anyway, don't they? Uh, I would have thought so, because I'm still not that convinced by our defence. Um. But that's again, that's the first time we're going to have... So, Reese James, for one thing, has only started three games this season. The first game and then the last two games. So, we are definitely getting ahead of ourselves by saying, right, that's it, he's in. Cause... And and in those results, you've drawn with Liverpool, drawn with Manchester City and beat Tottenham. It's not bad. It's got an influence, hasn't it? I, I completely know why people want that. But let's. he also didn't play against Arsenal and we should have won that game. Yeah, sure. It's, I don't think it's all down to Reese James necessarily. He's better than Malo Gusto. Um, Gusto's still a bit naive. I think he gave away both free kicks from which Tottenham did score and should have scored against us. I don't know. I know he gave away one of them. So Reese is like the clear first choice, obviously. Um, he does still get down the pitch. He got the assist yesterday. I get it, but. And his price is kind of cheap enough now that you go, all right, well, I'll take the occasional benching. I mean, Reece James at five, off, a fully fit Reese James at five point three with good fixtures is a joke. 
if yeah. if he can get to what we know he's capable of. But right now as well, I think he's coming off just after the hour. So Pochettino doesn't care about your fantasy team. If that's 58 minutes, that's 58 minutes. Yeah, I've always that, said that. I've always point. said that Pochettino is quite dislikable, to be totally honest, Gary. Have you <laughs> have you got plans for this game week sixteen period and and Chelsea? Uh, yeah, I do. But I don't want to the share the main them. one. No, no, I do. I want to make sure that I'm not going to sound stupid before I say anything. Christopher Nkunku. That's the one. That's the main one that I'm looking. And hoping that we see enough from him to suggest that he's going to play. He's seven point three. Um, I had a look at FPL statistics before we started recording, which is late afternoon Monday, and he's got more transfers in than transfers out this week. Or I don't know how people are still transferring him out, but people are taking notice because the prediction has been after the international break. Now I'm sure he's probably he's not going to start at Newcastle, is he? No, but it, can't the, the, but the time in here. Timing here might be perfect, right? That's right. His injury again, something ligamenty, but not an actual full-on ACL. Okay, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. What was Gary meant was knee, injury. knee ligament. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Yeah, all right, a knee injury. There you go. Um, in our last preseason game on an absolutely abysmal pitch. Um, no, oh, yeah, I remember that. Man. So, but then. I don't know what we're going to do setup-wise when he's back because we spent pre-season. First, we started playing Jackson or Nkunku and then we realised we have to play Jackson and Nkunku. And Jackson's runs and Jackson's work were actually more designed to get the best out of Nkunku, if anything. But now we don't have a place for Nkunku in the team. So I guess we're just going to have to change formation at some point. I assume... Well, over the can't, sort of we can't keep getting penalties, can you? Every game, right? Surely we'll get. I'm just this. thinking that, but apparently we can. He, I mean, look, if even he's going to give us one yesterday, then maybe we can. So, if he didn't, VAR would have. In fairness, <laughs> I suppose he didn't have uh, much didn't of a have choice. No, no that is a stonewall as you get. But yeah, no, I don't know was... where we're going to fit him in. Exactly, exactly where we're going to fit him in. I know that people were saying, "Oh, he'll just come in instead of Jackson." I know that when we tried that in pre-season, it didn't really get the best out of him. I think he does need to play with a partner. I also think it will help Jackson to play with a partner. But I don't know who we're going to take out of the team. Um, however, based on what we've been saying, when we're playing against the lesser teams, we don't need to play the, the midfield three. We can play more of a 4-2-3-1. So, so that's it. Is it something like Enzo Fernandez sitting out, maybe? And Gallagher playing so deeper? I, and what I assume, which we saw yesterday... Yeah, so Enzo came off, and then Gallagher went deeper, and that was actually that was something I was really happy with Pochettino for because he also threw on another striker um, when we went behind. So we completely changed the system and thought, right, well, we're going to go for it. It was not obviously was him that got yeah. us the penalty. I'm no, sure he's exactly, um, but... forgotten about playing in Europe. But I think there's enough games coming up that it won't really matter. Like it'll sort itself out. You'll, you know, everyone plays every three days, so you'll start one game and he'll. Get rested the next, but, and, but right. to be honest, other than, other than that period we've said for Chelsea size, sort of game week 18 to 20, other than that, that's not the case. Now, it might be you two have got a Carabao Cup quarter final we have, yeah. to deal with as well. Um, and I presume, Gary, you're going to take that quite 
seriously would that be fair we've played a pretty strong team every round so far like Sanchez has played every game for one thing um people can have their own jokes there about whether that makes it a strong team or not but I'm saying that we're playing our first choice goalkeeper um we've been playing a pretty much a first team he has been trying to build something consistent for well doesn't matter what competition he's going to play a team that is something akin to what he wants to see week in week week out but you've had easy draws in it so far Sai, as well so I presume you won't be taking it easy no, you're going to see another Paul Dummett masterclass in that one. So, You've been, we, right, been unlucky there in fairness are, with the draws, haven't you? Yeah, if you chuck the Champions League draws in there as well, I think you know we might get Real Madrid in the next round of the League Cup. If we're Don't worry, lucky. give it a couple of years when you properly start winning things. People will go Newcastle are buying draws, hot balls and all that stuff, mate. It'll, <laughs> oh, no, we've had it this it'll, year. It'll come round the other way. No, it's been this. The, the 5.30 Saturday games apparently is prime viewing in Saudi Arabia is what that's, <laughs> that's what's going around at the moment. Uh, I don't know why they'd want to showcase Bournemouth Newcastle there. But um, no, I think when that game comes around, I'm, I'm surprised if it's the, the first team bus even goes down there, it'll be it'll be reserved time. He's got he's got no choice. I think like we've, you know, debated what's the most important competition for us. And I think top four, without a doubt, then it's try and get third place or better in the Champions League. And then this season, winning a cup is a distant, distant third for us, from my perspective anyway. And it will but be a club's as well. When that when that quarter final comes around, the Champions League's finished, right? Well, uh, if 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 yeah. you if yes, you finish is, yeah. bottom of the group in the Champions League, which is a possibility at the moment, you're completely out of Europe. Would that change the mindset to it? Do you think? Yeah, I think it would. I also think it's just a it'll be like counting the bodies at that point. So before that, we've got Chelsea. It's PSG, over a month. It's over a month but, away, sorry. Yeah, but it's also might be in a much better position by then. It's also six or seven games, seven games or six six games away. We might be a lot worse. We're losing like a play or two a game at the moment, and we're not getting them back that quickly. So um, Harvey Barnes like m- might be back by that point. That that might be like a game. I think like like he could start. Like maybe one one or two other players that are potentially coming back. Like you'd think, you'd hope we'd have both strikers fit if we haven't lost one of them again by that point. So I don't know. It's like it's hard enough to like try and figure out what the team's going to be. Uh, this first Chelsea game, let alone when we play them in the cup in Arms time. I get that. I think the the point of discussing that though is that I think it's right at the moment that Chelsea would be favourites for the cup game, and yeah. that will Gary cause more fixture congestion over that brilliant run that you've got, which will cloud it for people specifically like Reese James, won't it? Well, the two players in our squad by that stage that are most likely to get rotated are Reese James and Christopher Nkunku. And they're the two that most people are going to want, apart from Cole Palmer. Is Jackson a no-go for you? Four in no. two against um, two of the supposed best teams in the league. Yeah, but not two of the best defences in the league. One of the best defences in the league. Um, well, yeah, I think he, ours was, and then it got decimated. It was true, yeah, Anyway, but, enough about City. No. Um, he's not a no-go at all, um, but I do probably want to see a little bit more from him 
it's one of those where it's like you want him for the good run against those. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it again, lesser teams. But I haven't seen him perform against the lesser teams yet, so it's not it's not ideal. But then you think, do you wait until after we've played Sheffield United at home and go, right? Well, he's just scored a hat trick, so I'll get him in now. Or do you get him in? I don't know why you go Reese James over the goalkeeper, or is he just going to concede a goal a game? Because I think I'm like most people. I've got, I had one clean sheet from a keeper all season, and that, that Sanchez move is, seems like it's going to be quite popular. And would you not just do that, or do you not? Can you forecast everyone to get a clean sheet if I make that move? No, I mean West Ham's fixtures aren't that bad. Sure, they go to Arsenal with 19, but otherwise their fixtures are fine. I need to see us keeping more clean sheets before I'm going to go near our defence. You've been asking me about Coltwell all season. And I've been saying there's probably better options at 4.5, but I don't know who, but I wouldn't go for our defence purely from a defensive point of view, which is what puts me off Sanchez. Okay. Sorry, what Chelsea have you got at the moment? Uh, I have no Chelsea at the moment. Um I should have done Palmer last week because I had transferred to Burn, but I didn't. So at the moment, none. So Palmer very much in mind for you? I think so. Um, I had Sterling. I had Jackson actually at the start of the season as well. So I've been dipping in and out of a few different Chelsea players. Chill well for a little bit, um, which is fun. But none at the moment. I am obviously like everyone else, eyeing up this run that they've got. Um, and if you have a transfer to make, like I've got two at the moment, and I'm thinking it seems like he's the one to go for in that fifth midfielder slot. Um, and put people off doing it next week. Gary, can you give us any reason not to buy Cole Palmer? For me personally, it's because I don't want to jinx our run of penalties. Other than that, no. At that price, he's he's the one that everything goes through. Um, ever since he first got in the team, uh, which was actually a Carabao game against Bryson, but he just does not stop wanting the ball. And he'll always find those pockets of space. And like, I think it was his third game, because he, he sort of got in by accident. We played against Fulham and we had a couple of injuries and a Jackson suspension. This is like the seventh game of the season and he was banned because, well, we all know why. But was mouthing off and everything. So Palmer had to play and he played pretty well. So then we started him again at Burnley and he played exceptionally well. And from then on, he's basically made himself undroppable. Yesterday was probably the quietest he's been. Um if you just exclude the last-minute penalty against his former club, but in terms of like how we generally played in the game, which is understandable because it is against Manchester City. Other than that, I think every time I've seen him, he's just he's always he's always in space. He always wants the ball. He's always looking to go forward. He's always um, in with a chance of creating something. Mainly, if we had a striker that could finish, he'd probably have a few more assists. That's he, it. Um... He's been most he's in that team at the moment. He's the most creative player, right? He's doing, really? it reminds me of, uh, I suppose you've probably seen it for Tottenham as well, but certainly for Leicester, when James Madison, Madison was always popping up in that area, always wants the ball. He's always the one that they're always looking to give him the ball. And even yesterday, we were still doing that. Sanchez will be looking for Palmer from his goal kicks and stuff like that. So I, there's absolutely no reason not to go for him, especially does at that he, um, Does he get near free kicks as well? Because he's a good ball striker, particularly when you look at the way he hits penalties as well that the, the last thing he did I don't know I haven't watched enough Chelsea to be honest to know your free kick takers are at the moment but it just seems like he's got quite a few avenues to 
He does. Well, Reese James took the one yesterday. Um, he takes the occasional corner because I've been saying how bad Conor Gallagher's corners are and then we scored from a Conor Gallagher corner yesterday. But he, it's sort of like every now and then he'll take one, but he's not like the regular. Um, I do wonder if he was going to continue as the regular penalty taker when Nkunku's back, but I'm pretty sure he's going to have to now. He scored four out of four. You can't just take him off penalties now. Until he misses one, yeah, probably. But you think that could be a possibility, Gary? I did think it was. I can't see how it is now. But He probably needs to miss one for it to change, right? I suppose. But even then, like, I don't know. I don't know Nkunku's record. I don't know his personality type because Con- Cole Palmer wants to take penalties. Raheem Sterling was... I don't know if he was arguing with him or what in the Arsenal game or if he was doing that decoy thing, but Palmer was adamant he was taking that penalty. And we're not just giving him, like, any old penalty. He's These are proper high-pressure penalties and he's taking all of them. So why would you take him off now? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So it's what, City, Arsenal, Tottenham and, and Burnley's the, the four, isn't it? And, yeah, so, and we weren't winning any of those games at the time. In fact, in Arsenal and Burnley, we were drawing and City and Tottenham, we were actually losing and he's still, and he's taking the penalties every time. Yeah, interesting. And uh, I think he's gone twice right and twice left as well. So he's obviously happy to to mix it up. At the time recording these 5.1, I suspect that this, even though it's Newcastle way next, by the time we hit deadline, he'll be approaching 5.3. He may even, by the time people listen or watch this, may even already be 5.2. What would you say, Gary, to people looking to go early now? Um, I'd say you might as well. I mean, he's just got in the England squad today. And I'm pleased about um, that. Then I am. I'm kind of happy it happened this way because I was kind of... I wondered if it was going to be a bit too soon if they'd actually put him in the squad originally. But... Now that he's had to be called up as a replacement, I think that's quite good because uh, he can probably take the pressure anyway, can't he? That's it, exactly. That's, that's what that's what I didn't want. Um, so I think he's kind of like, he's not in through the back door because he absolutely deserves to be in the squad. And he's in the squad because Madison's injured, um, which goes back to the point I was making earlier. He's, he's kind of that profile of player. Um, I assume he's not going to play much for England. I think, Gary, I think he's outstanding. I was so impressed with him in the 11v11 stage of Tottenham versus Chelsea. Um, I think people might try and pull him and go backwards a little bit, which might be something we look at more as time goes on and we go, how strong is he going backwards? But in terms of on the ball, I've seen Udogi play against Saka and Salah in recent weeks before this. And Palmer give Udogi as much trouble in that opening period of the game. And that, you know, I'm not saying he's better than Saka or Salah, but we, we're putting him as part of that conversation. No. That's a very, very good footballer. It was noticeable to me, clear as day, that there's a very good player there. Deceptive, good upper body strength. Always got his head up. Always That's, got his yeah. head up. Yeah, That's really, Even when, when we really played, good uh, We played Burnley away and we won 4-1. And the match of the day highlights were all about Raheem Sterling, which was fine because he played really well. But actually, most of what we did went through Cole Palmer. It may have ended up with Raheem Sterling, but it was starting with Cole Palmer. And I was more impressed with him. Um, I watched it with not English commentary, so I didn't get the commentator's hype of Raheem Sterling while I was watching it. And I was thinking, Palmer is playing incredibly. And yeah, he's he's now played. He's 
I think it was maybe it was in the Tottenham game or the one before. He's played more minutes for Chelsea now than he had for Man City. You can absolutely see why he wanted to leave Man City. You can see why we wanted to buy him. You can also see why they accepted that fee for him. Um, well, so sure far, he's, the, he's one of the best signers, if not the best, of the Bolly era so far, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, right now, if you had to vote our player of the season, it's between Conor Gallagher and Cole Palmer. So, and that's interesting. Yeah. Palmer's only been the team for the last four or five. That's really interesting. And so one, and this is one of the things, though, is that with Nkunku coming back, Palmer wasn't there in preseason. We signed him at, I think maybe even on deadline day, but he wasn't. He wasn't even on our squad preseason. Neither was Sanchez or Dzeko or Caicedo, and this is why we've had a lot of change as the season's gone on and finding our feet. And even now, for all we're saying how good we've suddenly become, we've won one home game in the league this season, and that was against Luton in August. That's mad. So, yeah, exactly. You you just and it, we have won three other ones. In the uh, before the rematch uh, with Tottenham, um, Brighton, yeah. Sheffield United, Palace, Fulham, Wolves would suggest that there will be some home points on the horizon in the next couple of months, mate. As would have Forrest and Brentford, who we lost to. Fair, but you always lose to Brentford. We also lost to Villa. Yeah, we had a, okay, it was nil nil, also, 10 men. Tottenham, so. You'll always beat my team, yes, mate. You can keep that one, take it to the bank. Uh, si, what Newcastle players in your FPL team at the moment? Uh, I brought Livermento in in the last game against Bournemouth. Why did you buy him? And Nancy Gordon, sorry. I've, had, I've been riding Gordon for... Why did you buy Livermento over Big Tasty? Um, the the way my squad's made up, I've basically got well four defenders I'm quite happy to play most weeks. So I felt like I could kind of manage the rotation um i kind of fell into the whole selling chimicast trap that everyone was and the, i realized i've got I mean, a bit of a not everyone mate just, and... just putting it yeah, out there okay. right all right fine yeah i've got him. I've... i played him We're... okay whenever newcastle play i still got this mentality of whenever newcastle players get popular in fpl and the conversations about them like i have to have a piece of it so i just got completely like obsessed with picking one of the two and ignoring other transfers that I probably should have made. Um, I think just the attacking upside is there are rumours that he was supposed to start against Bournemouth and then something happened either like he wasn't maybe gave House some indication that he might not have been able to have started but was okay to come off the bench. That's just a rumour I've heard from uh, some ITKs that I know. But I think he's um, he's a rotation risk Um He's not going to play all the minutes, but I, you know, I think I've identified now that like, away from home, I know we've got Luton in eighteen away from home. Depending on who else is back and like what the rotation's been for the, the game previously, I don't know. I feel like away from home, we are we're just going to have to manage expectations a bit in terms of results, scoring goals, keeping clean sheets. But at home, which is what I bought him for, really was the next two at home. I think he can do well. Uh, would you play him over Shimikas in 13? I would now because I've sold him for him. <laughs> okay, fine. Obviously, yes. the answer yeah, is yeah, yes. Yeah, anyway. I would, I would, would, you start I'd, Liver- I'd would you start Livermento over Matty Cash, who has Tottenham away? Yes, I would. Fair enough. Would you start him over Harry Maguire as Everton away? Yeah, we've got a home game. And I, I'd... I'd pick him over 
most 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 offences I pick Newcastle over a one quarter home game, regardless of who we're playing. Would you feel the same about the cells? That's one of the reasons I went for Livramento is I think it's it's trickier. So like I probably if I went to the cells last week, I probably would have played Gahey, but I didn't think they'd keep a clean sheet. So I think just that slight threat of attacking output would flip it. I probably would play maybe I'd punt on cash. I wouldn't punt on Maguire over Lascelles, but I would probably punt on cash. So at the moment I'd go cash in rather than Lascelles. Yeah. At the moment I don't have Lascelles starting. The more I look at that home record, the more I think, ooh. But I think like cash at Tottenham, Saliba at Brentford, um, and arguably your doggy against Villa, despite the problems we've got, just feels like three offensive fullbacks. I'll sit them in, stick them in, rather than Lascelles and pray for the six-pointer. Yeah. You know, the problem with that is, though, it's a trippier nine-pointer guaranteed if you don't play Lascelles. Uh, like, well, I didn't. I didn't play the cells at Bournemouth, and that didn't happen. So, okay. so I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't believe in all these. I you, you get done over, and I got Shimikas's fifteen points. So, I'm happy for you, mate. I did not. <laughs> I, I take it if you had to make the same Livramento or Lascelles decision now, you would still make it, as in Livramento. Yeah. Um, it's hard, to, like buyer's remorse, just because of that swing is like nasty. I, I probably still, I don't know if I would or not. I think just the fact he didn't start against Bournemouth was was a shock, and we don't really know why. Well, he's and... come back for a big injury. This, this was my point on it. My 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 concern with buying Lascelles had always been when's Botman back? When's Botman? When's when's Botman back? But with Livramento. Like he's coming, Saturday, he's coming back off a like really a bad time. injury, right? Yeah, I feel like it's not. I mean, he's been he's been in amongst the team for the last month or so. I just thought I thought he'd start that game, but I do think he'll start Chelsea. Oh, he de- he'll definitely to. start against Chelsea. He has to, doesn't? He? And, and that means like, does he does he not play him? I don't think he'll start him against PSG. I think he'll start Manu. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah, great. So yeah, I I think it's fine. I think you play the majority, but like there's little things like say you go to Tottenham on the Thursday night in sixteen, then it's Fulham at home on a Sunday, and it's like, is he? Yeah, is he is he going to play that or not? Um, he is, and then, he is. And then I mean, that, that, that midweek after that midweek after that is the Chelsea game, and then and then the Luton game. That's so quick turnaround there. He is very good. And I'd even like, if you look at, he's in our, definitely at the moment, in our best 11 fit players. It's just a case of how much you can play him. Um, and you don't know with Botman what, what the situation is with him. It's kind of, he's still managing it. He's seen a specialist. Um, I personally don't think he's going to come back in the next two, three weeks. So, Have you got anything of, from your ITKs, Si? No, I haven't. Apart from the fact that they he that a couple of weeks ago, I can't remember which game it was when he was due to play, and everyone thought, and How said he would play, and then didn't, and everyone thought, oh, it's How being a liar. He was supposed to play because, but they just couldn't figure out what was wrong with his knee, and it's just it's just uncomfortable and it's pain, and what they don't want is it to then become into whatever Gary described in Kunku's knee injury as something like that. So they just they just don't really know. <laughs> They just don't really know what's 
causing the discomfort, but they are obviously concerned they don't want it to turn into like a nine month injury. So um, maybe we'll see, maybe we'll get an update after the international break. I think two weeks, having seen the specialist, maybe he's on a bit of a rehab program. Um, maybe they announce he needs surgery and he's out, kind of like what they did with Dan Burns. So. Okay. Um, Gary, yeah, what Newcastle have you got? I have got no Newcastle and I have got no Chelsea. Uh, is that the way it's likely to start for game with 13? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a fixture to bring anybody in for. I don't think there's many fixtures in game week 13 to bring anybody in for. No, there's not. But that, but we'd like to nick the value on people like like Palmer, for example. Um, if that's what you want to do, then yeah. If you want to do it for value, then get Palmer and he's going to start unless he gets injured on international. For it. Yeah, it would, that wouldn't be the first time that's happened. Someone coming up for their first call up and gets injured playing Malta. Yeah, that's that's happened before. Uh, si, would you prefer yeah. buying Gordon to Palmer? Um, if you look at our fixtures, I think there are some games. Good. I've still got him. I think they're good. I think there's some games he can do well in. I just think he needs he needs the foil. I've called a bit on this idea of him playing number nine and whether I think that's good for him or not. I think potentially, yeah, it depends. We need, just need the players around him. To answer your question, I, I, I really rate Gordon. I think I think he will just continue to like tick along. It's just like the volume of games that's a concern. And he's starting to look like tired. Fair enough. If Amron doesn't make it back for Chelsea and neither Wilson or Isak are available, what do you think the front three will be? It will be... Okay, so it will be Joel Linton on the left, Gordon, and then possibly Livramento right, and then he might bring in Kraft or Dummett to play, and then just kind of... That means we'll play a slightly lower block. I think the kind of fixture, like Gary said, it might actually suit us to to have enough legs in the team that we can press them, but to maybe try and hit them a bit more on the on the counter-attack. You know why I asked, right? Because I can already visualise the tweet from FPL. Are you one of the 4,000 managers who triple captained Matt Ritchie this week? It won't be Matt Ritchie, no? Um, I mean, I was surprised when he came on for, for Almeron. And again, that might have been something to do with why Livermento didn't start, to be honest. Um yeah, Richie's going to get minutes. I'm talking about Matt Richie. Feels like it's uh, in the twilight zone now, but he he's going to get minutes. To be fair, he's not he's not done terribly. He's just come on. He's he he's still very vocal and he's still a leader of the team. And I think he'll you know he can help get the right kind of tempo, mentality, and performance out of players. But yeah, like he, he can fill in different roles. He's not. I don't think I've seen him at left back for a while. What, is he a midfielder in FPL? I haven't even checked. Is I, he defender? I would presume so, but I'm not sure. I'm not so I, I will check for you, mate. Uh, Matt Ritchie is a 4.4 midfielder. And no is the answer before anybody asks it. <laughs> you can't get Matt Ritchie in. He's still maybe got a free kick in his locker, though. Uh, yeah, I'd, be, I'd be surprised <laughs> if he started. I think your solution would more be that. Bring in one of the, the understudies I think, into the... I think- Pace we're going to have a bit of a break before the game. Kraft's very forgotten as well, right? Because he had a very serious injury himself. He did, yeah. Um, I think he's one of those 
fullbacks that's kind of you know he's at the point in his career and post injury that actually he's you know progressing more into a centre back role and he's not done he's you know played well if you look at the Man U game he'll definitely play there in the uh, Carling Cup game. If Gary goes to it, he'll get a nice close-up view of Dummett and craft it. Carabao, Gary. Uh, side, don't kill the sponsorship before it even happens. It's Carabao. What did I call it? Carlin. Carlin, uh, darling. Um, that's what it was the last time my team won something. On that bombshell. Um, guys, let's do predictions before we go. I realise we're nearly two weeks away from it. We've gone side. It's a correct score prediction for Newcastle Chelsea, which isn't televised. It's three o'clock next Saturday. Oh God. Um so hard without knowing who we've got back. I don't think we'll lose. I'd be happy with a draw. So I'm gonna say it might end in a draw. Let's go one all. Yeah, I know someone else who said I don't think we'll lose to Chelsea just before playing a home game against them. Can't possibly think who that was. Go on, Gary. I'd probably go along with what Sai said. I think one all seems like most likely. I don't think we'll absolutely go for it. I think probably get to the stage late on where both teams are happy with the draw. Yeah, full house. Subject to availability of players, obviously, when we come back. But yeah, I'd, I'd probably be inclined to say the same 1 1. By the way, Gary, am I all right to buy Sanchez for uh, Johnston in game week 16? Is there any reason why I shouldn't do that? He's going to play. Like, he hasn't even dropped him for the, um, oh God, what was it? Carabao Cup game. Nearly. Nearly to Coca Cola. Um, he <laughs> is without question our first choice. He's got no, I know people were saying after the Arsenal game, oh, we're going to, we should drop him and all of this, which I thought was nonsense. You don't just drop someone just because they've made one mistake. <clears throat> A mistake that he's actually just doing what they've told him to do. And to be honest, I don't think his kicking is amazing, but you can watch Liverpool and you can watch Man City and you'll see Edison do some of the stuff that he's done. You'll see Alisson do it. It's just something that happens these days. But Sanchez as a goalkeeper has been really good. All right. Good job. Thanks, James. So, anything you want to plug before we finish, Mike? Um, FPL Bibs, if you're on Twitter, I'm kind of there or thereabouts. So, usually, kind of check it out a bit more during the international break. I'm bored and got nothing else to do. So, good luck. Well, everyone knows you've got Newcastle ITK, ITKs now, mate. So, you can expect loads of DMs coming your way. It's mate. always after the fact ITKs. Oh, fuck him now. It's after the fact <laughs> ITK. Basically, Chinese whispers. Uh, and Gary, anything from you, mate? Nothing of mine. If I had to plug something, I'd plug FPL team. If you're not using FPL team, then start using FPL team. Wow. And what a what a great can... plug. Uh, oh, can I can I just say, I owe Peter a little on air apology because I, I pulled up the fact that his uh, FPL team was suggesting that I take Harland out for Jackson um, last weekend. And I pulled it up on X and I sent it to him. And then he, bless him, took my ID, had a look. And then what I didn't realise is I was actually looking at game week 18 when Harland blanks. <laughs> So, probably just that. See, but that's how good FBL team is. If you'd done that as you were told, then you'd have had his hat trick, wouldn't you? All right, guys, calm down. Uh, yeah, shout out to Pay. Always love to plug FBL team. Brilliant brilliant app which i always say i can't live without uh thanks so much gents right such as with me back with the sky fantasy football podcast tomorrow i'm now off to record another podcast which you'll hear on thursday which is the next clash of correspondence with tom med and adam pritchard on brentford versus arsenal just sees me so thanks so much to sire and gary good luck gents cue music please man child
Podcast Network.